Shrimp on the barbie. Shrimp, 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 shrimp on the barbie. Do you respect that? That's corruption. I could make a fake snake. Do you not pee in the pool? Do you, 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 you not pee on the barbie? All of myself is clean. <laughs> Broadcasting from Corbin Burnson's chair from the dentist to take it away, Markbot 5000. Oh my god, thanks for that warm introduction. Eric, your arms are looking particularly vascular. This is Markbot 5000 here, and even though I sound like the voice of extreme, Joey Styles, I promise I'm just a robot with a dream. Welcome to the Hard Mark Podcast, a show where the hunky Eric Donaldson wrestling fan of over 30 years introduces one match per show to his coast who has never watched wrestling they talk about the backstory they watch the match and then they rank that match on their ever-growing list adios mio what an idea for a show the purpose of the show is to see what happens when someone that's never watched wrestling is introduced to its most notable matches and let's bring out the star of the show a man that if it was a crime for his prostate to be large you know, he's always guilty as charged flying Ryan Murphy. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Wait, wait, hold on. Yeah. So is this an actual fucking bot that you're like <laughs> typing a message into and he's like, or are you getting this guy on, you know, like are you paying him to like do a I explained this several episodes ago, Ryan. We have a team of Imagineers, the Hardmark Imagineering team, led by Crispin Hickenbottom and team. They've put together Markbot 5000, a living, a- breathing robot companion that is, you know, by our side 24-7. Uh, you know, he's he, the, the board of directors has allotted us this budgetary resource, and so we're using it for a robot upkeep. It sounded like you said purpose. Uh, I mean, you know, he's a, uh, he's a, he's a Taiwanese robot. So some of his pronunciation isn't, you know, stellar, but you know, you coming. Why am I not on the fucking board? (laughs) I told you this already. You have to have 20 years of wrestling knowledge. You have another 18 years to go, Ryan. (laughs) You're not there yet, but, but, but soon enough. But, uh, you know, I think. The the people appreciate Markbot's contributions. You know, Markbot's doing a different voice every every episode. So you know, of course, they're they're not going to get all the T's crossed and the I's dotted when it comes to like how you pronounce every single word. Maybe sometimes co-host sounds more like co-host. You know, that's just the price you pay for a you know multi-billion-dollar robot that's uh, been engineered by a team of of, of high-powered scientists out of Yale and Harvard. Did Colton fucking program this? Did I mean, I'm not, AI shit? I'm not at liberty to say. I'll just say we have poached a lot of talent from Tesla. Can you, what does that mean? We, we've we taken the greatest minds from uh, the metaverse and Tesla, and we you know we brought them into our Imagineering team, and they're, they're making dreams come true. MarkBot 5000 doesn't happen without the, the boys in the lab. And so, you know, we, we, we got straightened out with the team. They, they, he knows that your butt, you know, doesn't stink and that you wash your face now. So that's good. good. That's great AI. Like it's great. It's, know, it's like. machine learning. Right, right. It's not machine. I, I don't want to learn anymore. It's machine learning. 
So when I go back Whoa. to the to Michael to Michael, when I go back to Crispin Hickenbottom and I say, "Hey, this robot keeps saying that Ryan doesn't wash his face or butt. You need to get that straightened out." He's like, "Give me three weeks, and and we'll get it tuned." <laughs> Tuned to that that standard, I'm like, okay, that's oh, that's reasonable. Fucking Christ, Eric. But I mean, you know, <laughs> I would say that we got Markbot, you know, uh, up to date faster than you actually started washing your face and butt after I called or you. Or figured out. it out, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it took you way longer to get a removable shower head than it did for Markbot to, you know, figure everything out as far as you know, you washing your face and butt. I don't want to give any like fucking, you know, like things to you to use like <laughs> against me, but like. I still, Eric, do not fucking remove the removable shower head. I know you like to get your removable shower. Like you also like to sit down and pee. So like it's, I think it's void your fucking opinion on oh, this. Oh, like, see, you said you didn't uh, hate me for that. Now you're using it against me. Is this how you argue with Greta? When you and Greta get in arguments, you take little things that are benign and then use it against her. That's not I a take, very healthy I take relationship. Data that's put out there, and I fucking use it within the <laughs> argument, Eric. Like. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Like me peeing, right? sitting down on occasion, on occasion does not uh, have any bearing on washing your butt out. Neither does fucking removing your shower head to stick in your ass, Eric. Like yeah, but you haven't tried it. Doesn't matter. And I, I don't, don't need to. Let's, I don't fucking need to. Eric. You're being crass. I don't stick it in my ass. I just you, I take. It sounds like it. I take the spray. You stick it all the way in your ass, or just part way, Eric. Like I take the sp- I change the spray setting so it's at like you know the 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 stream, just the hard, the steady stream, not the wide sort of shot. And then you just you, you spray out the old butt. You try it one time. Try it one time, Ryan. You're gonna be surprised what comes out. I, d- I don't. Okay. Lint and poop. <laughs> That's the answer. And hair. All those Eric, things are going to come this out. This stuff happens without or with a removal. Sh- I'm, I'm just so frustrated, like that you don't like you. Don't, you it's, it, <laughs> He's speechless. Just, He's speechless. You just you just need to know how to like properly hygiene yourself. All right. I That's use it. wipes with whatever tools that you have at your disposal, like, you know, and, right. uh, y- you know, like you can, you can get in there however you, you choose to do it, but you don't need a shower head in your butt, Eric. I just want to make that clear. I'm not, I don't now go like, Oh, like, you know, I don't, I stand with my word. You get, you cleanse, you, you cleanse however you need to cleanse and you cleanse efficiently and you cleanse what? Well. Like, all right, I don't need your shower tips, Eric. I never need your shower tips. Pray your butt out one time and, and <laughs> send me a pic. Not of you know your nude body. I just need the de- the debris that. Are falls you going to ask it. about it on Reddit too? Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I you know that 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 twenty five year old would be all in there. Like, oh yeah, you got to spray that shit out. I'm an idiot, and I fucking know that shit. Uh, <laughs> I, so as far as our introduction goes, uh, welcome everybody. Uh, we're here to t- eventually to talk about wrestling. Uh, we didn't get to it as quickly as we might sometimes, but hey, them's the breaks. But we do appreciate you tuning in for our wrestle talk. I, I won't bog you down with Ryan's anal care any longer. We're gonna get right into. <laughs> don't be pit. Don't take out. I can already see. Anger etched on your face. Do not take this out on our match here today, Ryan. Well, see. Be a good scientist for once in your life. <laughs> so, do you mind if I go to the notes now, yeah, sir? Yeah, just fucking go. Like, okay. Let's fucking, let's fucking hit it. Let's hit it with the fucking wrestling <laughs> let's, shit. Let's pretend that the last five minutes we haven't been talking about <laughs> your butthole. Sometimes in life and in wrestling, Ryan, we encounter people <laughs> that are simultaneously our polar opposites while also... 
being incredibly similar to ourselves. That is the story of our match today. Two men who could not be any different personality-wise while being near mirror images of one another in the ring. So revisiting a man that we last saw all the way back in episode 33, let's talk a little bit about Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam is the holder of the world record of the Van Dam lift, which is a shrug while simultaneously doing the splits. Ryan, of course, shit on on that uh, when we watched it, but it was a very impressive maneuver. Van Dam is one of the greatest athletes in the history of wrestling. We have seen a few of his matches so far. Criminally, Ryan has ranked both of Van Dam's matches in the okay section of our list at 26 and 42, respectively. But my hope is that one of these days, maybe even on this day, Ryan's eyes will be opened to the greatness of RVD. And I'm not trying to open up your brown eye. That's save that for the shower. Oh, God, um, <laughs> because <laughs> once Ryan's eyes have been opened, and not his brown one, Ryan will begin to understand the popularity of Rob Van Dam. I would argue that RVD was as popular to the ECW fans as any wrestler in history. He was very much on the level of a Stone Cold Steve Austin to WWF fans or a Sting to WCW fans. But the way that Rob Van Dam got over with that crowd was not necessarily due to his character, although he was incredibly charismatic, but instead it was because of his promise of delivering the best match of every show night after night, which earned him the nicknames of Mr. Pay-Per-View, as well as the whole fucking show. As a matter of fact, we saw one of the pivotal moments in the rise of RVD all the way back in episode 14, where he defeated Bam Bam Bigelow to take the ECW Television Championship. So that match took place all the way back in April of 1998, Now, fast forward to May of 1999, and RVD is still the champion. He has cemented himself as a star in a rare modern example of someone who has held on to a championship for over one calendar year, which uh, very, very rarely happens in in the modern era of, of professional wrestling. And so while the ECW television title was originally looked at as a secondary belt, Van Dam's reign had elevated it to being equal to or potentially greater than the ECW World Heavyweight title in the eyes of many fans. But to establish somebody as a star, they have to have a compelling rival. And so that brings us to Rob Van Dam's opponent here today, who goes by the name of Jerry Lynn. Jerry had been a journeyman throughout much of his career. He was someone who was looked at as a, quote, good hand, a.k.a. a competent wrestler, but not somebody you would build as the main star of your company. Jerry got his start. In the late 1980s, he bounced around between the United States, Japan, and Mexico and built plenty of experience in the process. He had even done some work for the WWF as an enhancement talent over the years. Eventually, Lynn was hired by WCW and he was given the masked character of Mr. JL. This failed to develop much of a following and Lynn ended up being fired while injured in July of 1997. 
Uh, so this firing while he was injured, which actually that happened quite a bit back in WCW. There's quite a good number of guys who got fired while injured, including Stone Cold Steve Austin, which, uh, <laughs> whoops, that may have not been the greatest <laughs> of ideas, but who's counting? But the, the firing of Jerry Lynn opened the door for him to join up with ECW, which we've seen a few matches of, Ryan's a, a big fan of. Now, whereas elsewhere... Lynn was expected to make his opponents look better than they actually were. In ECW, those handcuffs were removed, and he was finally given the freedom to showcase his true talents. And so that culminated with a match against Rob Van Dam for the television title in March of 1999, which nearly ended in a referee's decision in favor of Jerry Lynn. Now, a true sportsman, Lynn demanded that the match not end that way, and he pleaded for five more minutes to prove that he could defeat RVD. like that. Van Dam, however, <laughs> capitalized, and he would pin Lynn during that extra time. Didn't work out, but... Did, yeah, and it, you know. a man of, of values and morals, I'm sure no, that, uh, no. that means a lot to, to young Master Murphy over here. Now, that performance by Lynn was enough to earn him the respect of Rob Van Dam and the ECW audience as a whole. And so he christened himself the new fucking show, and he vowed that he would be the man to dethrone Van Dam. He would get another opportunity to do so in our match here today, which again, as we mentioned earlier, takes place in May of 1999 in Poughkeepsie, New York at ECW Hardcore Heaven in a match with no time limit to make sure that there will be a definitive winner. So, you know, Ryan and I are going to sit here. Uh, it'll be about two, two and a half hours or so. God fucking damn <laughs> What do you think would be the the maximum length of match that I could get you to watch that you wouldn't like be tearing your hair out? The thing is, Eric, it would probably be unlimited because like I would just sit here, like that joke you told one time, like I just sat there through it. Like <laughs> you talking about, I would be, I would just get more. Like I would be steaming in my in my head. I'd be very upset. I'd probably just let it fucking slide. Now that you say that, I'm but. Yes, it would. Yeah, I'm just not very good with confrontation and like cutting <laughs> off other people's shit. Like, <laughs> I will definitely not exploit that anytime in the near Thank future. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> any any comments, questions, concerns, any anything you're curious about about either of these guys or the match itself? Uh, no, not at the moment. So, in short, we've got the ultra popular Rob Van Dam. We've got kind of his up and coming sort of guy. He's been floating around for a while, but he's finally starting to make a name for himself in Jerry Lynn. Rob Van Dam is seconded. He has a manager by the name of Bill Alfonso who has a whistle and he kind of will help out Rob Van Dam and supply him with steel chairs and other plunder throughout the match, which is usually kind of a bad guy tactic, but the fans, they just love him some RVD. But, um, as far as the data, for our match before we get into watching this thing. Ryan's record as it stands right now is 35 wins, 28 losses. He is currently on a two-match losing streak. His in-person win-loss percent or win-win-loss record, 19 wins, 18 losses. His virtual win-loss is at 16 wins, 10 losses. So Just another pro for remote work, you know? It's a pro for remote work. It's also making me think, I wonder if he's fucking Googling this shit when I'm, uh, you know, over on the other side of this computer. <laughs> I will, I will. you know, I thought you might bring that up at one point. <laughs> um, just, just to be clear, I have never Googled a match 
prior to or during. And I also have removed all wrestling off my TikTok. <laughs> wow. Have you really? Just, Is that, I, I that's don't want like, to, I don't want to see it. I don't want to catch a glimpse of a match we might watch. I, I am honest when it comes to the data. I, you can, you can trust that my data is good. It's cleansed. <laughs> um, and, and, uh, no, I would, I would never, I would never disrupt, um, what the podcast is, is meant to be for like a quick, a quick victory. You know, I would never do that. I, I, I know deep down in my heart that you have never Googled any of those, any of yeah. those matches. So I, I take that. I take you at your word. Your data is as clean as my butthole. Okay. Yeah. Except for the poop and lint coming out. I'm talking post shower. I'm not talking pre shower. Right, you said it. You said it, Eric. And hair. Uh, the average ECW match ranking, <laughs> 25, 25 out of 64. So better than average. You tend to like those more than non-ECW matches. We have watched now 64 matches in total, as mentioned. This is the last little bit here. The first 32, the average ranking of those are 37. The most recent 32, so the back half of our uh, project so far, has an average ranking of 28. So, you know, I, I was kind of thinking like, man, it feels like we haven't like ranked something really, really high in a while. So I was kind of curious about that. But I think overall, they've been skewing higher. I think it's been a better quality overall, but there were some standouts in, in those first, uh, first half of our run so far. But that's, uh, that's the data here today any other items of interest before we watch our match here today ryan oh you just dropping your fucking beverages <laughs> remember when i had my first beer uh no i don't <laughs> well with that said now that ryan's uh you know tipsy and falling over and dropping his beers oh let's watch that match we'll be right back <laughs> with our thoughts on rob van dam versus jerry lynn at hardcore heaven 1999 Just commenting about Ryan's Zen usage. You know, I've been listening to a podcast recently, and uh, it's Mick Foley's podcast, actually. A friend, friend of the show. <laughs> He's been featured on, on the program several times in cameo form and otherwise. He's been, he has a new podcast where one of the frequent ads is for Zen. It's interesting. They, they don't, they don't promote Zen as being something you can just take because uh, you like nicotine. They're 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 promoting this as a way of kind of getting away from smoking, getting away from dip. But you you've taken another alternate path. I, I 
I feel like Zen might be the new douchey fucking thing, you know, <laughs> like, like vaping became, but like, there's no tobacco, like, you know, like it's, it's clear you can, you know, it's just, it's a great substitute. Like, you know, I don't smoke, so I just Zen, like, uh, <laughs> and not all the time I get, you know, but like at night, like have a couple of beers. I love to Zen, especially for some reason on this podcast, I love to Zen. Like, you know. Okay. Okay. Easy power. So, we're, not, we're not on a sponsorship. You don't need to lean in that heavily with it. Yeah, but, oh, yeah. Uh, Whatever. He's a Zen guy. He's a Zen guy. <laughs> a Zen guy. But uh, I mean, yeah, you know what? If it gets you, if you taking a Zen or two gets you as amped up for future <laughs> matches as it did today, fucking Zen away. That that had nothing to do with the Zen, Eric. That was just a good fucking quality match. Like, I, you know. <laughs> Next episode, shove a Zen up your butthole. See, see if that nicotine hits you that much harder, and then just spray it out later. And then like, yeah. forget about it, you know. Just like Eric does. Full, full circle. Whatever he forgets in there, he just sprays it out. Like. That's right. And it, I am very forgetful when it comes to things in my butt. What did you think of our match here today between Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn, sir? I like highly rated, highly recommended. I, that's what I think. When I joined the wrestling podcast, Eric, that's what I was looking for right there. <laughs> that match. So for two years, Eric, I've been looking for that match. Wow, that's 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 high praise. Uh, I'm very curious when we get to the ranking piece of this, where this falls. This is going to be very interesting. I, f- I have a feeling this is going to be very highly thought of. 29. <laughs> <laughs> Firmly in the okays. But uh, before we get to the rankings, before we see how this measures up to all the previous matches that we've seen, we should talk a little bit about what happened in that match. We've got Jerry Lynn out first. Any, were you, you didn't really have any thoughts about Jerry. You actually had more comments about the brick wall sort of entryway and the fans early on more than you did about either of these two wrestlers. Yeah, the entry was fine. Like, it wasn't anything like, yeah, I liked what they did with it, but I think his entrance was that impressive itself. Would you say that Jerry Lynn, for you, was more of a grower than a shower? I think both of them were, to be honest. I didn't really have... I I didn't have a preference walking in. Yeah, like, he definitely grew on me, but so did, you know, Van Damme, like, you know? So, Mm -hmm. I I don't know. Like, yeah, both of them. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't think anything of them. As the match progressed, I thought highly of them. Right. So, yeah, we've got Jerry Lynn. We've got RVD comes out with Bill Alfonso. You know, I I basically gave you the rundown. His manager, is that? Yes, his manager is Bill Alfonso. He calls it right down the middle, daddy. Fucking guy. With his whistle. Were you not a fan of the whistle? That guy should have his whistle revoked at every single wrestling match he ever goes to. Like, I will say, every time, not that this happens like fucking on a weekly basis or anything, Every single time I've ever watched a Rob Van Dam ECW match and my wife has been anywhere in the vicinity of me, yeah. every time she comments about the whistle. Every uh, single I, time. I, I just I agree. Like, how could you not? Like, whistles are the most annoying little utensil. For me, and I don't know if this was the same for you watching this match, and I, and I think, whatever. For me, I'd say after about five or so minutes of watching any RVD match from ECW... I tune out the whistle. Like it becomes less of a distraction for me. But I didn't I know what it was. Like at first, right. like I thought, like the rest were blowing whistles, or like the crowd had fucking whistles. That's <laughs> right. so annoying. This guy was with his fucking whistle. Like it was coming from every direction. Yeah. Even, even like he was trying to get away from this fucking manager with the fucking whistle. You know, like it's it was it didn't do anything for the match. Like I, but it was just like. It's highly distracting for someone who's just watching this match hopping and thinking like, oh, like maybe that's a how they do it at ECW, you know? Like, right. Sure. <laughs> just yeah. Blow a whistle, like you know, the ref has it. Like 
I don't yeah. know. I could say he, he did start as a bad guy. Man- like, RVD was originally a bad guy with his bad guy manager, Bill Alfonso. So the the yeah. whistle was meant originally as kind of an antagonistic sort of thing to, like, piss yeah, people off. Yeah. But then as they, like, kind of turned babyface and everyone started loving them, it's like, well, we already have the fucking whistle. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't stop using the whistle just because we're good guys now. So that's kind of the short version yeah. of of the whistle stuff but uh let's just t- let's talk let's get all the crowd stuff out of the way right now <laughs> i was very concerned early on like fucking ryan's not even gonna pay attention to this fucking match he's gonna be watching this whole crowd the whole fucking well, time okay that was the best crowd i've ever seen in a wrestling match hands down <laughs> no fucking doubt about it. like the it was it was compact it wasn't like a whole stadium i unless i missed like you know the upper levels maybe there no it, well, you're right i I, yeah. I can look up i'm actually kind of curious what the attendance was but you're you're right it was not a gigantic it, it, audience yeah you could see like it was like around the ring and these guys every single fucking person in there looked like the most diehard wrestling fan <laughs> i'd ever seen like it yes. was it was taking the best out of all the other matches and they just put them into this little match like <laughs> so fucking good 3,000 people. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's all you need to do. You need 3,000 passionate wrestling fans at a match to be like that. And that's what they did. I bet, I bet they got screened before they came in. They were that fucking good. Like, you know, <laughs> it's, great. But, it's those Poughkeepsie I, you know, I, fans. It's those Poughkeepsie, authentic Poughkeepsie oh, fans. Man, so good. Like, uh, the signs were amazing. The signs were some of the best signs I've ever seen in my fucking life. Uh, <laughs> that's that's maybe that's stretching it a tad. I don't think it was. I, I, there was a guy who know, just had our, his name and then an arrow pointing down. That was, that was the best side of the match. First of all, <laughs> all right, best <laughs> I've ever seen. Like just an arrow pointing. Like that's the most creative shit you could ever come up. He's in the front row of a wrestling match, and like you know, he's not pointing. No, just. An, an, so fucking right. Good. This is pre-social media. Like the internet <laughs> was a thing, but like I mean, granted, not nearly the level it is now. So he wasn't promoting like go to my website or, or no, like follow no, my shit. Just <laughs> here's me. My name is this. It was oh god, incredible sign right there. Um, and you know, just uh, you know, the RVD takes it in the ass yes. sign was also maybe the second best sign that was there. Um. <laughs> And then he fucking got taken away. I couldn't. So I, when I when I watch these matches, I'm really not. I've tended. <laughs> I've I've grown accustomed to like what the fan environment is. I really, for the most part, with the notable exceptions of a few things, I tend to tune the fans out. So when you pointed all this out to me, this was like I had never noticed any of this before. But you're right. Some guy a few rows back was holding up a sign that says RBD takes it in the ass. <laughs> and like clearly a security guy went up yeah. to him, took the sign, and you could visibly see him ripping up the <laughs> sign as he was walking back to the front, which is like the least ECW shit I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I, I had, I, I, like, it just seems like signs are a very sensitive thing in sports, right? Like, you can, you, Especially if you're on TV or if you like that sign was right in the middle. That sign was up there for a little while, like in yeah. the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, and then they caught it. Yeah. <laughs> and the fucking guy comes down there in like a suit and just like, it's like, no, and then takes the sign away and like, and rips rips it out. <laughs> I, I loved it. I love, I love that part of the town. I didn't care. It took a sign away. I guess, but, you know, it was, it was great. Like, and it was playing out for everyone to see. I love that it was torn up. Like it was. You know. <laughs> it was torn up. Okay. So, so anything else about the fans before we get into the actual match itself? Uh, I don't, I don't have. Okay. No, they're just great fans. I think it should be a notable, uh, 
Not not a woman to be found. I did not see one. I, I, I don't think I saw a woman either. I like, wasn't looking particularly hard, but yeah, did yeah, not see no, any women one. in Poughkeepsie, unfortunately. But if there was one, she'd been the most hardcore fucking fan. Oh, for sure. Out there, like. But she smelled almost as bad as all those guys. But, uh, okay. So we've got uh, the match itself. I love, for the record, when they're doing the uh, the intros for these championship matches. You know, kind of both guys get their little moment in the sun. RVD, he always does a big spin kick when he's introduced. I just fucking, one of my favorite bits of RVD. It's hard to pick just one, but one of my favorite little, little points. Then we've got kind of some chain wrestling. I think it started out, which, I mean, any match that's going to go 20 minutes, it's not going to kick off with just fucking nuts ass shit you have to kind of yeah. build up to that so we have some chain wrestling etc a lot of rvd kind of backing away taking in the love and the adulation from the fans early on um, so i'm glad i gave you kind of that expectation of like this is just what he does this is his whole character is just i like that too like don't get me wrong like i yeah. you know i don't like through the whole match but like he could play that up like you mm-hmm. know yeah you're, you're no glory hog but it's okay if other people you know if <laughs> yeah. that's their thing I think the first kind of major moment of the match is during this chain wrestling, RVD does a, a go behind. Jerry Lynn kind of throws an elbow and he, and he legit busts open RVD's eyebrow and kind of RVD takes a moment, even gets right in front of the camera, like, take a look at this shit and like points to his eyebrow and stuff just so everybody knows like, oh, he got busted open legit. And then I remember the crowd immediately erupting in a kick his ass chant at, at that point. And that was cool at the time, but. <laughs> Not nearly as cool as some of the other <laughs> shit we would see. This is this is true. So more back and forth. We've got a, a guillotine leg drop uh, from the top. I remember that was actually one of the main points that kind of got you early was RVD got kind of thrown out uh, of the ring as he's kind of getting back in. He's kind of tangled up in the ropes. Our, yeah. our Jerry Lynn jumps off the rope, guillotine leg drop, and then and RVD's selling of that just head first at like a weird ass angle. Well, he's caught in the ropes too, like mm-hmm. you know, like I mean, that was it wasn't like a move, like a glamorous move. It was like a real wrestling. Oh shit, like I caught yeah. the ropes, you know, like. And I think that's kind of what set the tone for your takeaways from this match was like every like, and you mentioned this a few times. The match didn't feel choreographed. It felt very kind of yeah. natural. And like there was kind of, and this is my take on it. Uh, there was like this chaotic sort of energy to the match. And like it's entirely possible that they did pre plan some of it, but it just felt very real in, in the moment as far as kind of like natural reactions. Like, I'm going to jump off this shit and fuck him up right now. And da 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 da. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree. Right after that guillotine leg drop, we have a big top rope uh, bulldog where RVD got planted head first into the mat. And this is when he when he was the only one bleeding at this point in time in the match. I remember that got a big reaction from you as well. And then we kind of get to a little bit of back and forth where Bill Alfonso is attempting to help RVD. He's kind of holding up a chair in front of Jerry Lynn's face. Jerry Lynn avoids it, but eventually he gets crotched on the top rope and then RVD hits a big I don't know how else to call it, but like a karate kick uh, to Jerry Lynn's face. Jerry Lynn gets tied up in the top rope as he's like falling outside. His legs get caught up, and so he basically just lands headfirst onto the thin-ass athletic mats uh, on the concrete. And I, I think you and I both agreed. I think if he wasn't un- – I, I don't think he was necessarily unconscious, but he was f- fucked up. He was very concussed. 
Well, we had to go back and rewatch that. Like, <laughs> that I might rewatch. be the first. Actually, that's the second time in the history of this podcast. The first yeah. time was when Steve Austin got his neck almost broken. Oh, yeah. The <laughs> second time yeah. now was when Jerry Lynn took the header onto the concrete that we ever I, went back and rewatched something during. If, if, and that's one of the things, like, if he wasn't just playing that, like, it looked... It looks so like he was, yeah. It looked like he was uncomfortable at the very least. Like at that, at that <laughs> moment, like you didn't want to engage, but he kept going. Like, yeah, you know? and any so. any got busted open. I mean, it, you can usually oh, yeah, yeah, tell yeah. the difference between when a guy like cuts himself because it's usually kind of a very clean line, unless they kind of know what they're doing. Doing, but like his blood was just everywhere. It was like kind of. It's yeah. almost as if you took a shotgun filled with a blood <laughs> pellet and just like blasted at him because it was in his hair. It was just oh, kind yeah. of scattered at different points and in it his was, face. It was on the mat too. You could see it like after the like it was there was like the little puddle of look, you know, his, after yeah. he was laying there. So, uh, one of my favorite bands from the uh, early two thousands, Puddle of Blood. Puddle of Mud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, a little bit of brawling uh, out into the fans. RVD kind of jumps, leaps into the fans to get at Jerry Lynn. Eventually, they get back in. Lynn, after they got back into the ring, was surprisingly nimble and mobile at that point in the match. I think, you know, having never seen the match, you were probably under the assumption, like, after that bump out to this outside happened, like, oh, this is this is going to be another Stone Cold Steve Austin situation where the guy's noticeably fucked up. But if you, for whatever reason, didn't see that 32nd minute period, you would have ne- not, no idea that he had, had done that. I would have been complaining. Complaining <laughs> as fuck. I would have been complaining about, like, the, the little head stomps afterwards, you know, like... Right. Um... <laughs> Would have been a very bad mood if that happened to me. <laughs> uh, let's see here. We've got some back and forth. Big sunset. Ugh, easy for me to say. Sunset flip power bomb from the oh, wait, corner. Can I? Can yeah. I stop you? Please. Want to go? Just to, back to that point of like him, like baby being out. Mm-hmm. He did pick up a chair and then put it down. RVD did. You know, like he like he was going to go after him with a chair, right? And then he kind of saw that, like, because he was, yeah, he, he bought him some time, yeah, but like. That's a pretty clear indication that there was something like, you know, like you can probably kind of tell when you're a wrestler, like if someone's actually hurt for a second, like maybe you right. gave him a break. Like, yeah. he, he, I mean, he had that and then he just he's, he put it back. Right. You know? He did. I think he was also moving the chair because he knew that he was eventually going to be throwing. Oh, well, maybe. He, oh, Jerry. Lit. So I think he was clearing that area out. But like if you're picking up a chair, I might as well fucking hit the guy. So, yeah, I think right, there's some yeah. credence to, to that as well. Okay. For right. sure. Let's see here. Jumping ahead a little bit. Oh, one of my favorite bits in the entire match. Uh, so Jerry Lynn gets, again, <laughs> this is one of the running themes, is Jerry Lynn getting thrown into the guardrail. So Jerry Lynn gets thrown over into the fans yet again. RVD, I'm going to try and just go by my notes as far as explaining what happens, and hopefully this paints a little picture for the Markomaniacs. RVD tosses a steel chair to his manager, Bill Alfonso, who then tosses it to Jerry Lynn. So, of course, and like this is... Ca- you have to use wrestling logic. Obviously, this may not happen in a real-life fight. But in using wrestling logic, if someone throws something at you, you're going to try and catch it. So when RVD's manager, Bill Alfonso, tosses the chair to Jerry Lynn, he catches it. Now it's in front of yeah. his face. RVD then jumps off of the guardrail, springboards off of it, and kicks Jerry Lynn in the face. Fucking brilliant. God I damn. I could watch that all over and over. <laughs> Just give me a fucking gif of that and inject it into my veins. Yeah, Great fucking yeah. stuff. 
So then fast forward a little bit. They're kind of brawling up on the top rope. We thought that RVD was going to go through the table. Eventually he would. But uh, for right now, he actually tossed Jerry Lynn behind him. And like that was another pretty brutal fall that uh, kind of got glossed over because you couldn't see it in a, in a great level of detail. But he kind of catches the corner of the table and splats yet again onto the, the concrete floor. Then we've got a spinning guillotine leg drop, one of your favorite moves. It, this is another thing about the match. How fucking excited the commentators were about this and like how they were nailing every fucking move. Like, like the commentators fucking killed it on this match as well. Like, Are you, you know. ready for me to blow your mind? Hmm. This, it, it may not be the first match we've ever seen like this, but that was one guy. The whole time? That was one commentator the entire time. You know, like... Now that you say that, it kind of makes sense, but I guess I didn't, like, think of it at the time. Like, yeah. yeah. Which is super fucking go, impressive. Like, he fucking destroyed it. Like, I mean, that he did so well, like, calling that match. Like Nobody ever – I mean, yeah. Like, you'd be hard-pressed to find wrestling shows nowadays that have less than, yeah. like, three commentators. Right, right. No, I like it. I respect that. Like, yeah. you, know, you do it by yourself and fucking nailed it. Like, but yeah, f- fantastic work by Joey Styles, who also Mark uh, Mark Bot Five Thousand gave us a nice little uh, impression of earlier. Shout out to Crispin Hickenbottom. But uh, let's see here. Now, now we're getting toward the end of the match. By this point, Ryan's fully committed on Jerry Lynn. Jerry Lynn is one Ryan's heart. Maybe one of the best parts of the match. Again, I know I keep saying that. Uh, but we've got a leg up. Jerry Lynn grabs the steel chair that Bill Alfonso tried to throw at him. He swings and misses yeah. Bill Alfonso. Then RVD tries to spin kick Jerry Lynn, who ducks. He then hits Rob Van Dam with a gut shot, who then ran, Rob Van Dam is then kind of keeled over. <laughs> Jerry Lynn takes the steel chair, throws it, and creams Fonzie with this chair. German sure. suplex to Rob Van Dam. Two and, you know, three quarters count, almost a three count. Fucking great sequence right there. Yeah, like, fucking it was, it brilliant. Was. Then we have the the big power bomb, which I know you were a big fan of, where Jerry Lynn kind of does a, a flip over the top rope. He His leg briefly catches the table, but then RVD goes crashing through the table. Perfect, perfect landing. The table yep. explodes into sh- splinters and shards the, the way that you would want it to. <laughs> After he had, like, got out during the match and set it up, you know? Right, for sure. He had to find time to, like, go under, like, pick (laughs) it up, set the table up. I knew it was coming, you know? Like, it was good. I mean, that I love that. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's like, what do you pay? Was it just pre? It was just a pre-table there. Like, he had to, like, go and, like, what do you think that table was? You think that table was, like, that's not a real table. That's a wrestling table, right? Well, I think it's, like, I mean, it is a real. Because that thing just collapsed perfectly, like, and. (laughs) I mean, Those it's a cheap-ass are... table, for the record. Yeah. But, like, I think it's the type of tables that you'd find at, like, an elementary school okay. or junior high. Well, but, uh, those, but those tables are meant for an earthquake. If a light drops on that table, they're gonna it's going to catch We're it. not they talking say, a desk. So say. We're talking about a P.E. Uh, you're, you're talking about, like, 1990s fucking elementary school table? Like, we're talking, like, field day. You're going out. <laughs> they're putting the cones on these tables. These yeah. are the fucking, like, cheapest yeah, possible okay. tables. Right, but, right, yeah. but here's my point. While those are cheap tables, like normally if you slam somebody through that, it's not necessarily going to do what that did. You can, if you know that somebody's going to go through a table, you cut like 75% mm. of the innards of, of okay. that, like from the, and then you just have a very slim, that way it kind of breaks evenly. Uh, 
honestly, I'm totally fine with that for the like, you know, um, <clears throat> for the visuals of of what happened. That table collapsed perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, it, it couldn't have looked any better. Like, they, yeah. however, they cut that thing or like whatever they did, the optics were insane for sure. It no, was, that, that it was, was really good. Among the best table spots that yeah, uh, that I've yeah. seen, and it was just it like you knew that so, it was eventually going to happen, and you probably yeah. even thought it's going to happen right now, but just the way it happened was very yeah. organic, natural, and then just just perfect. But the end of the match, RVD hits a big five star frog splash. God, he gets so much height on that fucking thing. Jerry Lynn cradles him. He kind of plays possum a little bit. RVD's selling the fact that like, hey, I just jumped off a very high place and like my stomach hurts from this move too jerry lynn attempts to cradle him up rvd kicks out the last minute Uh, bill alfonso throws rvd yet another chair we've got the van daminator which is where he kicks a chair into the face of his opponent uh we've got a second five-star frog splash that's ball game one two three and then we've got the show of respect from rvd uh to jerry lynn big high five everybody's freaking out over their guy rob van dam and the crazy match they just saw I love the ending. I love the high five. That was fantastic. It was like, that's sometimes you got to like a match where they, you know, like just fucking leave. But like that match needed like a good, like handshake or high five at the end. Yeah. It was so good. But the, I, I, one, I don't know how maybe to wrestling fans, it's not, you know, no big deal, but the way they danced on top of the ropes at one point, they were both on the fucking top string of those ropes. Like, and they like switch spots. Yeah. And they did kind of fall. But, like, it didn't matter because they were on there for probably, like, you know, five, ten seconds just, like, on the top of the ropes, just, like, maneuvering mesh. It was incredible. Like, I mean. I I can't help but wonder what it is that they were trying to do. Yeah. Like, they fell. But, like. (laughs) But, like, (laughs) the idea of trying to switch places of, like, my back is to the ring. Now I'm going to try and switch 180 degrees and do the same thing is just, like, there's a reason that people don't do that is because that's fucking hard as fuck. Especially after you've been wrestling for like twenty minutes and you have a concussion, like at least one of them <laughs> That's did. What I'm saying, like they're bloody as shit, like you know, <laughs> right? like it just crazy. Fucking yes, whatever they were trying to do, even though they may not accomplish it, like world class fucking dancing on the ropes right there. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> world class dancing on the ropes. And how else do you summarize that match? Is it science time, my friend? <laughs> It is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up. All right, take um, take this, Bill Nye. I can already tell you, like, I can already tell you, it's in the top three. I just, Woo! like, I don't know specifically. I, I would say, oh, fuck. So we just for the sake of posterity, so the Markomaniacs are aware. You're talking like this is for sure in the fucking amazing section. Easily, it's easily in the amazing Man. section. I just don't know if to put a one or two, like, or I mean. For the record, so we have not had a match that has entered that rarefied air. The last match that has entered that was uh, way back in episode 49, Mankind versus Shawn Michaels, which is another fucking phenomenal match. But if you need me to give you any reminders about any... Some of these are old. Like, the the, the number two match, Will Ospreay versus Shingo, that was the second match we ever watched. I know, I know. And, you know, I feel like maybe it's it's how it was placed long enough. I, I don't feel as bad bumping it back. I just don't know if it can go over the ladder match, but I think it probably can. Let me know if there's any information that you need from me. I think this could. I think this could go like. The, I think this is the best match I've, I've seen. Like I, I really do. Like as far as just like what, like all components were brought together <laughs> in this match, and you know, 
I got, you know, I love ladders, but like it didn't have that, but it was, I think it's what wrestling is. Wrestling's not necessarily a ladder sport. You can have it, but like, you know, like I think this was, yeah, I think you've got to, I hate you, to call, I hate to call a new number one. I just hate calling it. Cause I feel like, but it was really fucking good. Like this is a match. Like I said, I could watch for hours. Like here's what I'll say. You seem to be glowing more about this match than I think you have about, I mean, even maybe even that ladder match. I think that one, you at least had some negative elements. Not a lot, because that was a great fucking match. But, like, you haven't had one negative thing to say about, like, the whole thing, which is a rarity. I just think it, like, encompasses, like, what wrestling is. Like, when you, when you, when you, if you're going to show someone a match, probably show this match, right? Like, I I don't know. One of my favorites. I... I think it's time to throw down a new number one. I'll Holy put it, I'll put it there. shit. That's incredible. Yeah. We've only had two matches previously that have been number one. Will Ospreay versus Shingo was number one for, gosh, about half of our run so far. And then the second half of our run has been Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon, that ladder match. So, wow, that's Jiminy Christmas. I yeah, wasn't. Good. I was not expecting this. I thought that I you mean, would I like knew, it. I knew it, yeah. <laughs> I didn't expect that you would feel this strongly about it. It was a great match. I, I actually like thoroughly enjoyed that. <laughs> all right, I'll fill out all the remainder there uh, here in a bit. But uh, wow, new number one. What a, what a, wow, fuck, I feel like I need to commemorate it in some way, but I don't know how. That's, we, we oh. still need a new last place, though, Ryan. <laughs> we still, no, that, that's sure been sitting there for a long there. time. I'm sure I could find it in the last place. Yeah, man, that was. Uh, I what? What would you put this on this list? Fuck, I don't. Oh man, I don't know. Maybe I really like this match a lot. So like, it's hurting me to say that it's not. It's in the great section, isn't it? I in the good section. I think I would put it. Oh, I think I'd put it number five. Oh, number five. I, I, I knew going in before looking, it was going to be top five. It was pretty like halfway through the match, but right. Um, it, it's just like this didn't have all like the showy stuff. It just had like good, solid, like had g- great wrestling. Like you know, and I think the really, fan element is the one thing that separated the, the, it versus all those it, other it, matches. It didn't have the same fans, or it was like a sixty-five thousand, like you know. Yeah, section arena and like you know just kind of mm-hmm. like it would have it would have taken a step back i probably wouldn't have written it but like the compact amount of great fans the great commentary the great wrestling like not having like not being so like showy and like and like having these moves like you know kind of pre-oriented like people like that it all made it like it just yeah. that that's a great solid wrestling match and you know like i think if I at this point were to recommend a match for someone, like I would just recommend this one. Like it, you know. There you go. I can't think so. of a yeah, and and yeah, I I this was one of my absolute favorite matches, as I've said a couple times, as like a kid. So yeah, I'm I'm no. glad that you enjoyed it. This has been a pleasant surprise that it is is hit you as well as it has. But I, I'm not shocked hearing you talk about you know all the different. I think everything came together and it was the perfect yeah. combination of events. But awesome new number one, everybody. Congratulations to us all. We made it. So don't game. forget Joe. Don't forget Joe. Joe, what was his last name? Do we know? Joe S. Sor- Sorman or something like. Wait, Sorman? <sighs> was it, so I thought, I thought someone would ask, but whatever. Like shout out to Joe. That guy like killed it with his, his signage. <laughs> Never forget. Never forget Joe with his 
killer signage. Well, we got to finish this episode out. Let's let's put a bow on on today's episode. We'll be back, of course, next Thursday with some rumpus time for those of you who, uh, you know, like us talking about non-wrestling things every now and again. But before we get to that point, we've got to finish it off with Eric's Wisdom Tree. Ryan, what are your thoughts on helium? <laughs> I think we'd agree it's a great way to fill a balloon. Great I mean, method. my only thoughts on helium were like, you know, as a kid, you just sucked it and had a weird voice. Like, that was it. <laughs> How many, that's, that's how many different things did you say that about? What's that? Oh, God. <laughs> I, there's other things I'd rather suck out of a balloon than fucking helium. But. Like what? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, well, back to helium. Uh, did you know, Ryan, that we as a, as, as a uh, society, and when I talk about society, I'm not talking about Snohomish or uh, the United States. I'm talking about the global citizens that make up the hard... Markomaniacs, we as a communal Earth, we have about 110 years of helium left. Uh, what does helium even use for? Uh, filling balloons. Besides that, making your voice sound funny. Okay, perfect. 110 years. No, it, well, that's uh, like. Oh, you know what? I think it, it's used for a lot of like medical utensils. I think for whatever reason. What, uh, in what way? Uh, pressurizing f- uh, tanks. I'm, I'm sh- like okay. oxygen I'm tanks, sh- fuel tanks, other I'm tanks. Sure, there's some other type of gas that they could figure out. Like, I mean, well, they're not now, but yeah, it's used for arc welding, refrigeration, gas for aircraft, coolant for nuclear reactors, cryogenic research, and detecting gas leaks. Mm, okay, well, 110 years. I, I'm sure we'll be fine. Your um, children's maybe it's children. Maybe just stop letting fucking eight year olds suck it out of a balloon to like you know change their voice. <laughs> Well, apparently, and I haven't gauged this myself, but it's supposedly it's more expensive to now fill up balloons with helium because of this uh, this impending impending. Why, why can't you just fill up balloons? I mean, like, why can't you just fill them with air? Because it doesn't uh, float. Well, it doesn't like yeah. They levitate. do float, Eric. They do float. Well, like they float on the ground. They just. What do you mean they float on the ground? They float. Are you saying that if you fill the are you saying are you saying that if you fill the balloon with helium and you fill the balloon with air that they would look identical as far as their floating capability? Like almost yes, almost exactly. It, I mean, maybe helium lasts longer and they can float into the sky when you fucking like let them go. You cut the you just oh like buy balloons, but like I I guarantee for a birthday party, yes, they're gonna stand up equally as the same no you're you just and you and stop clicking please and you just answered the the thing the the whole because yes if you fill a balloon with helium and you cut the string it's going to fly up into the sky yes but that's not good for the environment eric well but but i'm not saying that it is your point was that the floating capability when filled with air versus helium is the same it's not if you cut a string you don't need it you know it's unnecessary like what is your argument point anymore? If we have a limited supply of helium and we need it for medical instruments, then it is unnecessary to fill up birthday balloons with fucking helium. Like, uh, But your point before was that if I fill it with air, then it's going to like fly up into the sky? Because it won't. I guarantee you that yeah, it won't. It, it doesn't matter. It will fucking hold on to the table that is attached to you for a birthday party long enough for the birthday party to be over. Anyone who's filled up a balloon with with air just blow just blown up a balloon themselves. Yes. The the balloon just skitters around on the ground. No. Okay, you know what? 
Like you'd, ha- it looks like a flaccid penis uh, balloon. You know what? No, actually, I take it back. You're, you're correct. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you're, right. you're, 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 you're that's all the, right. Usually, that's the text that I get the next day uh, that yeah. you just said. I don't. This might be the first time in the history of Eric's wisdom tree that Ryan has immediately realized the error of his. You're his right. Statement. You, you, okay, that's okay. That yeah. is correct. I'm not um, saying that that's a good enough reason to say, "Oh, fuck air. Yeah. We should use helium." I'm just saying it's not. It is not the same. To fill them up with with air versus uh, you know I don't know why like maybe it's been a long time since I've <laughs> blown up balloons and like had a birthday party with balloons but like <laughs> you, you're you're correct like it's I think too they long. do just I think they do just fucking fall on the ground like with air they definitely do yeah I mean yeah. like you can like they'll they'll kind of like uh, putter up above the ground if you like kick them yeah. or something but yeah, yeah they always no, come back fuck. down. That's true. All right. Maybe bad. the thirty third birthday. I mean, that is the 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 Christ year. I think people call that. Uh, you know, is it? I mean, he was dead and buried at thirty three. So I mean, this is like your <laughs> version of that. So maybe this is the big balloon year. <laughs> uh, I you know it's yeah shit. You're you're totally right. A um, couple of good know. Lutheran boys just celebrating. And I his and I made Christ's that birthday. comment so confidently that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I feel like shit. Uh, okay. I assumed you well, picked up on that immediately because you so quickly tried to steer it away for like heli- like we're wasting all this helium. You were so very fast trying to move the conversation away from that point. But either way, 110 I, years, Ryan. What's that? 110 years. Helium. 110 years. Do you see the, um, there's like a, maybe it's a documentary or maybe it's just something, but like in Cleveland, they blew up all these fucking balloons and like let them go. And no, then it became like a environmental disaster. Like people were getting lost out of, on the Great Lakes because <laughs> of these fucking balloons. Oh no, I didn't uh, hear about this. Uh, I'll send you like a YouTube clip or something. But like, yeah, it was like a, in like this city had to pay like a shitload of money to clean this up. Like it was a huge disaster. Um, and like, <laughs> it's actually really funny. But <laughs> uh, <laughs> I yeah, love environmental was, disasters. They're my favorite. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, fucking Cleveland. But yeah, it, anyway, I'm sure those are those must have been helium helium balloons because they put God damn, I can't believe I was like that fucking wrong about it. You're right. Like <laughs> they do fucking sit on the ground like <laughs> How do you yeah. clean so like when you say clean up, did these balloons cuz I don't know what happens if you just let go of a balloon filled well, with like, helium. Did a, they a eventually them, pop and then fall? They did this thing where it was like there's like blow up a million balloons, right? Uh-huh. And they did it and they I think they maybe had them captured by like a net or something mm. uh, initially and then they fucking let them all go as like a celebration like the city was like fuck yeah like <laughs> <laughs> we're fucking Cleveland motherfucker woo I feel like it caused like I, from what I remember of it, like maybe like like it's like navigation issues on these like boats and a bunch of them landed on the lake and uh. they had to like it was this huge like you know process to clean all of these balloons up and it was it ended up being like a total disaster for the city um but yeah like you're letting a million balloons kill i i think that must have been helium yeah if it wasn't for the city of cleveland we'd have like 230 years of <laughs> that's what I'm saying. helium yeah. left those motherfuckers um, got yeah it. yeah all right well, noted noted on the wisdom we're tree both right bringing our knowledge together it's a nice synergistic knowledge yeah. uh, fusion <laughs> That's what happens when you got a podcast of science like ours. So you're welcome, Markomaniacs. But, uh, pardon me, Uh, we will be back with Rumpus Time on August 25th. And you know what that means. If you're not hard, get hard. Once you get hard, stay hard. That is all, folks. That guy, like, killed it with his his signage. (laughs) 